Alright. Boy, I wish I wasn't. Can you hear us, Nor? Are you awake? Hello. <laughs> Hello. I don't remember how to turn my video off. Ground control to Major Tom's Right, let's commencing countdown engines on three, two, check ignition and may God's love um. you. I didn't send out a reminder. Maybe that was a mistake, huh? Oh yeah, probably so. Do you have coffees in our? Oh, I forget it. You drink tea. You drink tea. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Have you started reading Zanoni? Um, there's a couple of introductions to it that I, I've read through. I haven't started the book yet. Have you? Uh, yeah. It's kind of dense, and so I'm I'm easing in now. But it's it's curious because it's like a Rosicrucianism has been something that I've been curious about. Well, well, Bowie chose that book because it's it's about the dweller on the threshold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I you know that that's the uh, man who sold the world. Yeah. It, he, the man who sold the world is the dweller. Yeah, he's the dweller on the threshold where you you meet the the guy in the stair. It, it could be Coronzo as well. Well, he's saying he's Coronzo now. Yeah. That, that's the whole riddle of the Zeros thing. Yeah, he meant, um, Kenneth Grant mentioned this a bunch of times. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, he's mentioning these books to give you hints. Yeah. But but the problem is that this is also crazy that I'm not even sure I can, I can explain it in any rational way. But, I mean, that's right. pretty... <laughs> I'm not feeling so rational. But I mean, that's what he says in in Wit the Circle that you know the moral of this magic smell, spell negotiates my hide when God did take my logic for a ride. Mm. So it doesn't make any sense. It do, it, it does make sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you get to a certain. That's that's what Dante said. You get to a certain point with logic, and then you can't go any further, right? Then, yeah. The, then he leaves Virgil behind, and then goes off into the stars at the top of. Uh, yeah. So I cried for all the earth. others till the day was nearly through, for I realized that God's a young man too. 
And then God takes his logic for a ride. Yeah, those first two albums, I, I think, are still my best. Uh, I, uh, not the first two, I guess. It was the, the uh, second and the third. So you're talking about Space Oddity, except, and then... Man Who Sold the World. Well, yeah. no, the Man Who Sold the World is, is the, the, the album of the Abyss. Mm-hmm. On, on the, uh, the tree, remember? Yeah. I've got to bring up the tree. Let's. Have you got a? If, have you got that image handy anywhere? Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've got one with all the the bridges that are built. So. All right. Here's a question, Jason. Have you been? Have you been updating the post? I have not. That's why I just sent some things in emails because okay. I need to make a new one I, because it's too long already. Right. And so I was just wondering if it was changing, because I can't tell if it's changing or not, because I'm able to s- detect and understand different pieces of it now. But I don't know. You haven't no, changed it. It's been the same the whole time, yeah? Since last time, it's been the same. Um, yeah, I've just been sending little addendums and emails. just So I have I know what to talk about to update the whole thing. It's hard that it's not uh, searchable. I wish it was. Mm. Wish it was more searchable, but. Uh... Yeah, but it's like if I just paste song lyrics, then it's just going to be like a big wall of text. So there's. there's yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the song lyrics are some of the most dense stuff, anyway. Because once you plow into those, then I have to try and discern what what the song is. Right. How right. I, how it fits in, and whether or not it's David Bowie and Lana Del Rey. Well, well, see, this, that's that's where I get you because if you can't tell them apart, then then you're making your case. Then I'm making my case. All right. Well, Alan's going to be 20 minutes late. He said, I and David. I don't have. So David responded to the email. Uh, last when we were like nailing it down, but then um, he never got back. He hasn't. I haven't. So I tried to say, "Hey, we need to push that one one hour." Wait, oh, that was you. Uh, where's my chat? You can. How do um... I see? There we go. I want to see this. Um, so. It's possible that David forgot, or you can try. Uh, can try I texted sending, him too. You can try sending Bill a message because they live in the same house. I had no idea that was the case. I didn't know either. Was <laughs> <laughs> that like so? The one, the first time when we did the video. You know that we're in David's room, but then across the hall would be Bill's room. Right. It's kind of a trip. Yeah, yeah. Imagine Bill had just popped in. That would be like, whoa! <laughs> what? <happened>? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Through the abyss. Well, Bill is is not a fan of my uh, particular article here. So. No, no. I I talked to Bill. He said he would he 
he would like to join the the call. That, that's hard to believe. No, that's what he said. He said, uh, "I don't. I know. I'm not gonna paraphrase what he said or whatever." But it, it was like, uh, I don't know, like something like you two had differences before, but he realizes that they're really nothing, something like that. Well, I, I don't want to have any confrontations here. Oh, he wouldn't. I don't think he would confront anything. It'd be very, it'd be a very strange confrontation, anyway. So, you know. <laughs> well, let's just see what happens. So, Jason, do you listen to David Bowie albums in? their totality at this point or is it more just kind of how do you consume music that's the question um well i've just been like putting them on shuffle at work basically nothing to elaborate just fully random each yeah just see what comes up you know that, that's how you uh, yeah. make uh, connections yeah definitely but but the one that kept coming up was day in day out Oh, yeah. so see, Bowie was a bastard, and he hit all the good stuff in "Never Let Me Down." Really? <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna, he's making it so you have to actually listen to "Never Let Me Down." Yeah, that's what I. All I the good stuff's it. in there. This is tower. Never, so everything's everything good is inside the tower. I never listened to that album. There's a there's well, a now whole you have like. To. Yeah, you have to. That's where he's got all the secrets. He hid them there, where you, where you knew you weren't gonna find them. Yeah, there's a whole, whole chunk of his discography from uh, like scary monsters up until like uh, what his '90s stuff that I, I sort of don't listen to. But but I mean, never let me down is the the layer of the glass spider after all. So that's that's the thing. All right, I'll have to go back. Well, Bill Klaus, are you on the call? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. I'm on uh, some mushrooms and I'm out walking. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, this is when you fucking call. <laughs> We're going to read you your sins. It's going to take a yeah, while. Right. Yeah, all right. All right, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> are you are you by the, the beach? Are you by the ocean? So I just listened to Quadrophenia for the first time in my life. I don't know how that album escaped me, but it's walking right by the sand and the sea. Uh, for that, uh, pretty sweet little 82 minutes. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm gliding right now. What are you guys up to? We we're going to talk about David Bowie, and we were looking for David. And then they said that you're roommates with David. Is that true? Housemates, bro. <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who you call roommates? <laughs> um, yeah, how fucking crazy is that? Like, yeah. whatever you write or whatever you do, you just basically are scripting for your future, right? It's that whole Grant Morrison shit. Um, that's why do you have uh, do you have ready access to David? Could you ping him or something? 
Uh, David's at work, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. That's that's all right. I mean, have you paid attention to this conversation that we've been having over the last couple months? You mean this conversation we've been having for the last 15 years? Is it 15 <laughs> years? What are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck is he talking about? Have I been paying attention? What is he fucking talking about? <laughs> of course I've been paying attention. Do I have thoughts that I can express freely? <laughs> that just depends, right? Yeah, of course. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, fo I'm, fo I'm following. All right. Well, are you are you guys following? <laughs> trying um, to follow. I think it's definitely inspiring me into different uh, venues. Uh, that I haven't been, but then also reconnecting with things that I have been. So it's been a, a fun way to synchronize, I suppose. Essentially, essentially, we all kind of knew that Barrera was working with like the 25,000 piece puzzle. You know what I mean? And that, uh, I think, or 250,000 piece puzzle. <laughs> or or a 2.5 trillion piece puzzle <laughs> anyways i think this last uh three months kind of represents that part of the jigsaw puzzle when you know you got uh all four corner pieces connected and you see the outline of uh you know what the picture is going to be you don't have the whole picture yet but you've got that whole borderline down and so i feel like you know Barrera is coming back from the forest with his kill over his shoulder. And he's kind of like inviting everybody to, to grab a leg or cut off some of the belly and, and chew it up and give it right back to him so he can say, no, 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 that's good. No, 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 that's good. You, you get it. You don't. And I think we're thrilled, right? Like, it's like, all right, let's see what this motherfucker drew up. <laughs> I mean, the only the only real issue I've got is Jesus Christ. Who can listen to much that much Lana Del Rey? <laughs> I know David does. Yeah, David. Yeah, David's, uh, David's the, the other expert. David just showed me um, "Once Upon a Time in America" with Norman fucking Rockwell, and uh, projected onto a screen in, you know, plates, psychedelic platy pad or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, and it's fucking amazing. Like it totally made me rethink uh, Tarantino. So uh, yeah, I feel like uh, it's pretty, like it's pretty easy to know whether or not this whole thing is, is, is shit or Shinola because uh, Lana Del Rey is, 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 you know, it's the, the ticket in, like, you gotta, you gotta buy into that if this is gonna fucking work, and so, uh, it just feels like fate has aligned it so that I've spent part of the last 10 or 11 months listening to her records, it's kind of like, um, kind of like getting, uh, used to, like, a opiate addiction or something, uh, definitely a certain place it's definitely a different wavelength that uh 
is uh, you just very unique. The production is very specific. Uh, the messaging is is blatant. So yeah, like it feels like this thing can work, but uh, how many hours do you think it's gonna take? This is what, this is chapter three of the always, always record uh, vivisection of this thing. And what have we gotten to, like the pinky toe? So this is, this is good shit. This, this, could be like the next, this could be like the next three years of content. You know what I mean? Everyone's happy. Everyone's just like ecstatic. So, so you, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I've been paying attention. I just don't know how much I can contribute without, you know, the usual asshole obnoxious falling apart bullshit but <laughs> comes with the territory <laughs> Jason where do we take it I don't, yeah. how, how are we going to get into it this time well I'm wondering like where Jason's mind goes in the gaps between our conversations <laughs> there are no gaps <laughs> It's just one big fucking moment, right? For for whatever he's going through. Is he on the call? He is. Jason. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how to explain this. Basically, Philip K. Dick was right about everything as far as... Um, well, I, I sent that uh, one picture of... It wasn't like an alternate reality. It was like what I call a trans-temporal constancy, an eternal truth like Plato's archetypal world, where everything was always here. But at the same time, it's like there is an archetypal world breaking through. Mm. And it's very much based around um, Book of Revelation. I mean, that's what it comes down to, because if you have Babylon, then you, then you have to go back to the Book of Revelation. And that's where all the secrets are here. It's almost like we should have Will on the call, because Will's gone off <laughs> on the Book of Revelation these days. Well, right, that's, that's I, I, why I kind of need David here, because this, this this all goes back to Kabbalah, because there's a larger framework here where we have, like, the gods of Egypt and Babylon uh, leading one out of Egypt and Babylon back to the god of Israel. Mm. And so behind this is Kabbalah, pure Kabbalah. But, but they take the form of the gods of Egypt and Babylon to deliver the message of Kabbalah. And so that, that's how there's like this mystical unity of the waters going on here. And that's, that's basically what the vision of the voice is about. And so in the book of Revelation, it, it says that, you know, in the last days, there'll be a new book that comes out. And that seems to actually be the vision of the voice. Yeah, that's an, uh, are you talking about um, before it introduces the seven seals in the book of Revelation? Um, the angel opens a like it's chapter five, I think it is. Or? It is in chapter ten. Chapter and 10. then it says that uh, this book will make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And so there's only one guy who eats his words, and that's Lester Crowley, right? Because because you know he's always eating his cum. So yeah, that that's a little joke there in the book of Revelation <laughs> about who it is who's going to deliver the final book. And that's basically what the what the vision and the voice says that it's like the final revelation. So I, I've yeah. always said that's a very important book as far as things go. Yeah, the other interpretation is that the uh, the book the book mentioned in Revelation is is the entire Bible, 
Which doesn't mean it can it can't be other hmm. texts because then the, the Bible. It's, it's a little book. In terms of yeah, it, that could be anything in terms of sure. in terms of God, right? Relative to God, mm -hmm. everything is a little book. Well, well, I I know I know. So so there's like all these archetypal <clears throat> realities intertwining here. So, I mean, the esoteric meaning is always also, also true. Yeah. And. But, but but I mean it is about you know cried with a loud voice and you know there's thunders and you know there's the vision. Yeah, I was thinking but about the, days of the voice of the seventh angel. The mystery of God. Are we confusing? Uh, are we confusing Crowley consciousness with Christ consciousness? Here? Well, this is the mystery here because you know the Messiah is also the serpent. This is the central mystery here. Mm. Yeah. See, this is, this is why we need David to explain the Kabbalah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing that uh, Kenneth Grant mentions is that, um, like Babylon with an with a final with the the two A's instead of a Y, the Crowley spelling of Babylon equals to one fifty six, I think, in Gematria, and that's the same as a uh, that's the same as Zion. Um, right. So this right. I, this idea of what is Babylon with the A? What is Babylon with the A? And how is it different? Well, it's, it's just than, an, how is it different an, an than Babylon? How is it's, it different it's, it's a joke. than Babylon it's an with a Y? No, it's just a joke. It's Lana Bob. That's all it is. It's a joke. I was listening to some other uh, Thalim I talk about it. And he, uh, he said in Crowley's viewpoint, it's also, it's Babylon crossing the abyss, right? So, Babylon right. after it had already ascended. But, but no, no, no. See, see, this is why we need Kenneth Grant, because Kenneth Grant says this is all a freaking sham. Like, Kenneth Grant is not really a Thelemite. He's, he's there to destroy Thelema from within it right. as part of, like, a larger system to, because, you know, Crowley's a great beast, so, you know, he's got to get sacrificed at the end of the age and go down in perdition, according to the book of Revelation. And so they've got to, like, enact all these great ritual dramas here. And yeah, so, the, I mean, there's a larger ritual drama beyond just the, the book of the law as, as far as the Scarlet Woman goes. Sure. He, he does make that connection between Babylon and Zion, which means like, that, that was sort of mm -hmm. my point, is that Babylon going over the abyss becomes Babylon with an A, which is basically right, Jerusalem, right? right? He, he, it's... Mm -hmm. And so the uh, the woman of Revelation becomes Jerusalem, right? Like, and and that's that's according to Revelation as well. You read the book of Revelation, and there's that transformation that happens. Um, yeah, but it seems like there's a larger um, symbolism here of waking up in the city of the pyramids, as far as waking up yeah. in Egypt, and then going yeah. out of Egypt into the promised land of Jerusalem. So, like behind this, there's Kabbalah, even if it seems like it's about the gods of Egypt and the gods of Babylon. So there's a larger, like, biblical framework here. Yeah. Um, that's what so I didn't that's, quite get before. That's a crossing the abyss story, too, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the exodus from, uh, from yeah, Egypt. Yeah, yeah, this is the exodus right? story. That, that's the central thing here. And it's also, it's, it's also the escape from the Babylon, Babylonian captivity back into Jerusalem, right? With the... So the 70 years right, right. in Babylon, right? Like, right. So, so Lana is Babylon and she's holding you captive here. And then Bowie is uh, Osiris, I guess, or Horus. And you know, he's also keeping you captive in Egypt. 
but he's also going to lead you out of Egypt, and she's going to lead you out of Babylon, and that—that's the great mystery here. And then she's transformed into Jerusalem, into Zion. Right, right. Is she? Yeah. Is she Linda Fox? Yeah, uh, um, that's what "Stay Yes to Heaven" is. Um, That—that's got the Linda Ronset uh, melody going on in it, just to make that connection subliminally. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a direct, one hundred percent. Okay. All right. So I was not interacting with the mysteries necessarily as directly as as you were. There's I'm not quite digging into Crowley or Kenneth Grant you don't yet. Have to. I mean, Crowley's like a sacrificial beast. He was he was set up just to, you know. Be, be, be the guy in the book of the revelation because this all has to like ritually take place at the end of an era so like but because, I, you know I, in chapter 13 he's literally like the 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 guy who who is named in the book of revelation as the b666 i mean it's the death of the book and the author right isn't that what we're going through uh, the death of the beast, really. That that, that that's well, the central mystery that she is declaring here. Well, with, saying, uh, isn't the book dying? The book is dead. I, I I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, we think that like you know, TV. Uh, I don't even know how to go there just now, but uh, Crowley foresaw that the book would die in the coming century. Um. What if so? You go to sound and vision, because like yeah. So all that stuff is the vision in the voice. It's like uh, when well, all is light. Uh, yeah, that makes sense to it's me. It's just audiobooks at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But nobody reads any fucking books anymore. Yeah, I read books. <laughs> <laughs> I tried reading a book. It, it sucks, dude. <laughs> I can only read a book when I'm doing dishes. It's hard. I'm going to try to buy a legal joint while I'm doing a podcast. So let's see how this goes. So I, I went ahead and revisited uh, Parsons. So I, I dipped into the Parsons bio, which was interesting because I had forgotten his connection to L. Ron Hubbard. And then... You know, that biography was intimating that, um, you know, that L. Ron Hubbard was probably cribbing a lot of his stuff from Crowley to create his <laughs> his religion, which which was interesting. But then I think also maybe uh, Fritz Long, Fritz Lang, that director was also in that circle that hung out in L.A. with with all the the Thamelanites. Fritz Lang? Um, yeah, I think so. I think he was... Which seemed crazy. Didn't he direct Metropolis? Yeah. Yeah. And M and all yeah. kinds of great, great films. Yeah. Didn't yeah, but there was, there was a few... I mean, it just seemed like it was kind of like a beat hotel of of sorts. Uh, but like, what what was the importance of that piece? 
Jason. Um, you mean the Metropolis things? Sorry. No, 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 no. The Jack Parsons. Oh well, Jack Parsons was just an instrument. Like they were just clowning on him, basically. Because I mean, you read the Book of Babylon; it's just ridiculous. Mm. But but I mean, it was necessary to preserve a certain schemata, I guess, of what was going on behind the scenes. But I mean, obviously, the book itself is just silly. But at the same time, it's like. But but did it did it work? Did it work? Seems like it. Seems like it did. I mean, so it, I mean, well, yeah. who gives a shit what it looked like? Are you just saying this is what well, works? Yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, uh, but I mean, like some of the you know, lines. Like, you know, uh, when they take the photos of the spiders on different drugs, and they had their different webs, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that spider at the end of that like fucked up methamphetamine web is like. That's like the greatest shit I ever did in my life. Um, and I think Parsons, that's what's like, you can tell it's real like fringe and desperate magic because it, it definitely gives off that fringe and desperate vibes, but it, mm-hmm. it fucking worked. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but let's see, but see, in I'd Rather Be High by Bowie, he says, I flew to Cairo, find my regiment, cities full of generals, generals full of shit. I stumbled to the graveyard and lay down my, by my parents, whisper, just remember duckies, everybody gets gut. So it sounds a lot like he's saying that uh, Crowley was the one who got got when he in Cairo with uh, the Book of the Law in 1904, because mm-hmm. that was actually dictated on April Fool's Day. And and so Kenneth Grant is always highlighting these things without like drawing them to a conclusion, but he, he's always kind of pointing out that Crowley is like a sleight of hand by the magician, where you think he's the guy you're supposed to be paying attention to, but he's not. She's a distraction from like what's really going on. So like Kenneth Grant knows a whole lot here, but it's not about Salema. He's a trip to Crowley's Led Zeppelin. He's the Led Zeppelin of the occult world, right? (laughs) It's like you can't say like you didn't hear him or didn't listen to him, and you can't say that there's nothing good about him. Did he rip off everybody shamelessly? Of course he did. He was uh, keeping the party going um but like kenneth grant i've tried to get into kenneth grant and he just there's nothing thematically or stylistically that shows growth for me in anything that he does no 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 see see, this is the thing he's not talking about anything that you could actually use in practice for like anything because what he's really talking about is just as a scarlet woman here who's uh so it's it's just it's a it's a it's um so it's not even Castaneda. He's just mimicking and mirroring something without any intent to show that even that will sell books or, or that will attract followers. Or he, He's set. He's set. And so, and so, like, Crowley is like the sun guy, and he is set, and he's going to take Crowley and dismember him and throw him into, a, like, a million pieces and then feed him to ISIS here. That, that's the larger ritual framework going on, basically. He's Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Mm. Because, like, apparently, like, Thelema is just to, like, uh, kind of, like, focus this psychic energy on the his, like, particular incarnation of the Scarlet Woman here. Because what Kenneth Grant says in one of his last books is um, that um, his Scarlet Woman gets fresh injection of human energy 
to add magnetism to her unearthly ojas, enabling her to transmute it into food for the denizens of her native star, the winged egg. And so the name of this image on Earth is Lura. She is the fire snake in apparently human form, the vitalized image worshipped and nourished by the scientists in the secrecy of his laboratory. In the entities born of Lura, the chakras function as vibrant worlds of energy, which seek out affinities in deep space and the stellar immensities beyond. So he's speaking in riddles here about what a scarlet woman's going to do. And like this is this is all Kenneth Grant is doing. So he's not giving you any like useful information about anything else. So I was right to not follow down the road of Kenneth Grant because he just was boring. And after a while, I was like, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. gonna pass. The the way to the way to get into him is uh is get PDFs of all his books and then go through them, cross reference them all. You know, like go through them. Like I went through and looked at uh, Babylon through them all. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then you yeah. get a good picture of what he what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, right? he's talking in code here about like yeah. a certain person. And that's basically it. He's just saying all of this is just to like ritualize this one person. And that's part of the larger Babylon working here. Yeah. And, and so you're not gonna learn anything else from Kenneth Rat, basically. He's he's repeating, yeah, the same themes all the way through. Um but a, a big picture does emerge. It's it's mm -hmm. I, I think he's fascinating. I I like his stuff. Yeah, it's so like all the psychic attention you give. He to, falls uh, on the. Yeah. Who's the guy who wrote, wrote the Outsider uh, and um, English Colin, writer? Colin Wilson. Colin Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of put Colin Wilson and Kenneth Grant in the same uh, shelf of the uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, oh no way! No. I, really? Kenneth. Really? Kenneth Grant would not even appear at a bookstore. You know, it's like he's like. Like the, his stuff is so obscure that he, he's not. Yeah, I, I've never seen him. I've never seen a Kenneth Grant book, actual an actual book. Mm -hmm. as, as anyone or? I had a one of them at least back in the day. The other ones, I bought the one that was ninety dollars, not the ones that were four hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like you can't you you can't find like Colin Wilson's everywhere. He, he's just like uh, yeah. It, aside from the Outsider, his first his first <laughs> book, it's it he goes downhill rapidly after that. It seems like, but uh, yeah, Grant. No, I Grant's in it. Well, I'd say I just eight, never had eight. any uh, desire to spend the four hundred dollars on the Kenneth Grant material when I would, without blinking, spend uh, seventy five dollars on a Crowley book or a Robert Anton Wilson title if I found it in a bookstore somewhere. I wouldn't leave without it. Um, there was nothing in Grant. So, but maybe you know I wasn't uh, in tuned with the code that he was. You know, working on, but uh, I, I just, and I never met anyone else who was into Kenneth Grant or whoever was like, oh, you got to read this bike. No one ever says that shit about Kenneth Grant. Well, right, because he's, no. he's, only, he's only writing to, for like the few people who would be in on, on like the joke, like David Lynch. <laughs> like David Lynch knows what's so going he's on. Like, uh, so he's like David Jandek. Um, <laughs> Possibly. Jason, Jason Horsley is, is into Kenneth Grant. It's one. Really? Yeah. That, okay, yeah. He, yeah. He he actually uh, Kenneth Grant wrote a blurb for the back of one of uh, Jason Horsley's books. Actually, that's like it. He, he had some personal contact with him. And so yeah, if if you look at uh, Horsley's, he's got two really occult books that he's kind of repudiated now. I, not even kind of. I think he he's he's totally repudiated. But that's. Um, Kenneth Grant is all the way through those two. Um, yeah, well, if you take Kenneth Grant literally, you're going to be pretty lost because 
Well, he's yeah, yeah he's I, not. He's not meant to be taken literally. He's he's kind of like uh, he's he's like Blavatsky in Overdrive, you know. He's just he's, he's definitely saying, you know, uh, you got to read between the lines of what I'm saying here, because it's all it's all in the between the lines statements about. Uh, so, so which one of uh, which one of his books do you draw on the most? Or are you are you jumping all over this as well? Um. They're all kind of a blur because they're all pretty much about the same thing. But then yeah, yeah, like, he'll yeah, just yeah. repeat the same things over and over again. But then he'll drop in like a new little tidbit. Like, he'll, he'll drop in a new co connection, right? Like the the fascinating thing, what he's doing is he's he's bringing in together all kinds of different things, like Lovecraft, and he's bringing uh, yeah, he's bringing in Crowley, he's bringing in uh, the biblical stuff, he's bringing in like uh, anything, you know. Um. And he's, I think he's basically the guy who introduces the idea that that Lovecraft um, actually knows a lot more than than even Lovecraft himself lets on. Right, right. Because um, Lovecraft, Lovecraft himself would said that he he was a materialist atheist who was just was just writing books and had dreams every once in a while, but didn't really mean anything. Um, but Kenneth Grant takes him seriously. Kenneth Grant takes Lovecraft completely seriously as a as a as an adept. So then, is that how you spent your time, Zenora? In this, because I was looking at the calendar. It, we we spoke in January. It was the twenty second, um, and that's almost a full month ago. Uh, yeah, I did I at the beginning. I did at the beginning. I was looking a lot into that, and then I I, I, I got busy, and I, so I haven't been in. I I was making my way through all the Lana Del Rey albums really carefully, um, but I didn't get all the way through because I got sidetracked. Um, what the side Bowie stuff? To? The Bowie stuff? I didn't. I, I apparently mm -hmm. I missed out on the '80s stuff, so I have to go back. Yeah, yeah. All, all the secrets <laughs> are I'd never let me down. <laughs> Well, I spoke to. I had Leah Cardos on my podcast. I haven't edited it yet, and so that's what she was saying: is that she needs to do track analysis of the, and the "Never Let Me Down" album because everyone hates it so much. Well, what, what, what did you tell her? Did you did you say that uh, Billy was actually uh, performing the Babylon working? Because that would probably <laughs> not go over well with her. But you should yeah. kind of like steer her in the right direction, yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, you should have said that. I don't know that there would be anything in the conversation that would necessarily further the uh, the argument. Mm. Yeah. Potentially, I, I, she made a statement that might undercut the argument, but that's not necessarily what I was going for. I was, we were just talking about his. His body of work in totality, and how how much intention he had as a as a musician. So you said you because, talked about the the Lazarus video too. Uh, the, the Lazarus play. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, in my time away, um, I read her book, and then also watched the movie, and so as i related when i tried to watch the movie the first time I, I was i wasn't that interested and i think i fell asleep and definitely didn't finish it but um 
I watched it again and, and really enjoyed it, but I had the context of having read the book. I knew what was going on, and then I could understand the director was using these kind of juxtapositions to tell a story. I mean, it was it was way more overblown than the book. You know, like there's the scene with, with the gun. You know, mm-hmm. it was definitely a 70s film production. The movie is, it's a lot of nudity. <laughs> And then just, you know, um, it just felt like a 70s thing. But then having that perspective, then I could appreciate, you know, when I read someone try and deconstruct the Lazarus stage play from a, you know, like a artistic endeavor, what they were potentially trying to do. Um, like I didn't, I didn't get certain things like, you know, the two windows, this we're, we're supposed to be inside a head, like that we're inside those are like eyes and we're um it's a dream like the Mm. guy starts like he starts and begins to play in the same spot on the floor like there's certain indications you know and so she in her reading was a lot of um confrontation with the shadow and uh, Jung and stuff. And so that was interesting. But then the thing that I found really fascinating is um, kind of your response to it, Zenor, was um, it felt like that was potentially the intention. You know, like this is this is um, a ceremonial space to grieve mm-hmm. and to, you know, to kind of confront the shadow, but also, you know, to celebrate a life right like a mystery and that, play. yeah conflates both uh david jones you know like the human being and then the david bowie kind of this this um persona that's tied to all these different um things both you know like because all these different moments in time he's reflecting something slightly different you know whether he's actually like the Berlin trilogy they're using you know images from the man who fell to earth as the album covers and stuff but so uh, yeah I've I've been spending a little bit of time with David Bowie and so I've been enjoying myself but I, I what I realized is that like in terms of listening to stuff I had a pretty good handle on Hunky Dory but um and then black star and next day but not a ton it's like i know the hits and that's about it and so that's also been fun to listen to some of these albums completely and then it's like oh this is what jason was talking about the throat to the catholic throat or the knife to the catholic throat in uh signet whatever the one right, from right. space Off. yeah yeah I, I mean the only reason i didn't like link all of the songs is just because like the, the the html would bog down so much like it already really chugs loading the page so yeah sorry about that the that page can ch- chug i also spent a, a so that that's the other curiosity to me in this space was um reconnecting with Philip K. Dick because he made David Bowie into the Messiah of Valor. Right, right. Yeah, so basically he was right about everything. (laughs) 
Philip K. Dick, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah wait, but wait, it, was but... he right about everything? <laughs> oh, there's Alan. Well, mostly. <laughs> no, he's right so, about everything. So are are we living in uh, 13 AD or whatever it is? We're living through the book of Revelation, man. Okay, That's so it's, but the, I thought it was uh, Acts. 17. Well, yeah. it was Acts back in the 70s. Now it's the book of Revelation, see? Oh, okay, okay. Um, have you seen, when was the last time you spoke to Will Morgan? He he was telling me uh, recently the <laughs> same thing. I just I just spoke to him uh, really recently. We had a huge conversation about all this. Well, it's that's the kind of one of the fascinations to me too is because Will has a pet theory, and I wanted to give him time. He's not interested in sharing his his theory right now, but um, yeah. Hmm. Anything more than that? He has he has a different he's got a different messiah than you. But um, I don't know if that is his messiah, but uh, not I, messiah. I know I know who you yeah, mean, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to explore it a little bit, but I'm no no. He, I don't think he he's not he's not saying that, but he's he's just saying it's yeah it's a different take on uh, it's a different take on reading the Bible. You know, it's basically what it is. You know, if you accept that the book in in the book of Revelation is the Bible itself. And then uh, go through Revelation word by word. Um, and w- Will's using uh, the King Felix cipher in in yeah. in uh, the exegesis and applying that to the Bible and going through. And you can see this in, in in that way. The whole Bible becomes a story of the the judgment, right? The last judgment, the day of the Lord. Hmm. What's the King Felix cipher? That's the one where uh, um, Dick Dick discovered in Flow My Tears, um, where I think it's just juxtaposed down the page. Like on one line it says King, and then just right under it or something it says Felix. And then he realized that. Yeah, then he saw a commercial that says King Felix. Yeah, and then it it just kept repeating. Um, But how does the cipher apply to the Bible? Yeah, I wondered about that too. What he actually, what Will actually meant by that, but uh, basically he's just <laughs> looking at, he's just looking at uh, that method. It's not actually he's looking for King Felix in the Bible, which he could, you know. But the, that's the thing. If you go through the Bible in Latin and you look up uh, Felix Culpa, right? Like, uh, um, and then and then you bring Finnegan's Wake into it too, right? Like, so so then it, yeah, that's the thing. Like. The, I agree what you were saying, Bill, is that this whole thing takes us to the uh, the entire map of sync, you know? Right, right. So I'll lead him back here. But um, I, I know some people wouldn't like that. Well, it, but, yeah, as long it as is you, what it is. As long as you say it's not a center, right? Um, it's just there's multiple centers, um, right? Well, she's the center thing. as Babylon, as far as... Well, I mean, this again is in the book of Revelation here, if I can find the passage. She's the one who rules over the kings of the earth, right. essentially. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Anyhow, that's what she says. She's running this town. Well, that's the empire that's that's never ended, right? Like, that's Babylon. Which I thought it was right, Rihanna so, so that, who runs this town. Well, she's just reflecting the Scarlet Woman here, without right. being the actual Scarlet Woman. 
yeah that, yeah so well that's the thing like it, 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 this is the thing with uh, like with all these sort of sync centers right like if it's Kubrick or Bowie or Dana, Alana Del Rey or or uh, David Koresh or any, anybody you know it's like uh, are these things just symbols of the center or um, are they actual centers? Uh, does anyone think that they're actual it, centers? It's both. That's, that's, that's the paradox of uh, you know, Babylon and the bride as right. coming from the same mass, which is the Ipsos thing. Yeah. So I like think... The whole, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah, you know, whole, it, says, it says here in the Bible again, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard in, in her. So that, that's the paradox here of uh, Babylon and Book of Revelation. I, the whole story of the Bible, like the all the way through, this is what uh, Northrop Fry was talking about. Is that the, it's just, it's the story of the union of the the bridegroom and the bride all the way through. Every single story in the Bible, in the Bible, right, right. Well, down. like, um, and so it's it's a tantric text, basically the the entire Bible as it's written. You know, old right, right. But, but the thing here is that Bowie says he's the first one who actually did it, and in his uh, little Emperor of Zeros. Uh, missive. I am the Tin White Duke, ready to regain my dukedom. I will be Ed Avalon, space pioneer and the first explorer and schematic diagrammer of a black hole in space. So he is the only guy who ever did it. Think about that. Anyways, so that. Hey, that I, do you just remind me of something? The, the black hole in space. So you know, the it is the. Um, What's the, is it the Lazarus music video that has like the astronaut suit with the skeleton in it? That's Black Star. That's Black Star. Okay, that's Black Star. But, but the, Have, uh, it, the skull comes back in Lazarus. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I'm confusing. Gotcha. Isn't well, that a last poor Yorick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well here's just the <laughs> thing I want to throw out was that it that was really weird was uh, there was a cartoon called um, Venture Brothers. You guys know that? Jason, do you know? Because like, mm -hmm. there was like David Bowie was like a character in that cartoon. Right, right. So I was talking to somebody. This is a few, just like maybe like three months ago. Somebody was like had their, but was watching Venture Brothers. And I was like, oh, something with the David Bowie episode. They're like, oh, I don't remember what season that was, blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, I think it's somewhere around here. And they pick like a random episode. And... I think it was a precursor to Bowie's character, and they have instead this major Tom character. And basically, the whole cartoon again, this is made, I don't know, to, you know, within the 2000s, but this is certainly predates the Black Star video or anything like that. But it's literally, they do this whole scene where every line of dialogue is a David Bowie lyric. All right, they're like they're watching this uh, pilot crash. It's like this test pilot, and they're watching him crash, and they're going, "Major Tom, can you hear me, Major?" And like you know, it's like, uh, but they're like they, they start throwing in all these other Bowie lyrics. Point is, this Major Tom character ends up returning as this phantom spirit, which is basically mm -hmm. this skeleton in a spacesuit that mm -hmm. ends up becoming David Bowie, and I'm just like. Wait, you know, I was just dumbfounded by the fact that this imagery was present in this joking, you know, sort of total, total other direction, but referencing Bowie. And you hear you have this skeleton in a spacesuit 
years earlier. I, I don't know, you know. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, his whole adventure was prefigured in 2001: A Space Odyssey before it happened. Like that came out in '68 before he even did anything. But it's totally just about him. Like he's the guy who goes into the monolith. And, and you know, and, and, as Dave Bohm, yeah. Yeah, and so he, you know, he's the space pioneer and first explorer and space biographer of a black hole in space. And so all of these other guys tried to unite themselves with Brad, and they couldn't do it. Only he could do it. And do you think that comes from a, and when you say he's the only one who could do it, is it a matter of uh, sort of allowing this other female figure to step into prominence? Um, do you feel like, like if, if you would. Okay, my, my theory here is yeah. the A-bombs cracked open the universe and opened up the Pleroma. And the ion of Jesus slipped out. Because oh, so you're talking about Twin Peaks season three, episode eight? Right, right, right. Yeah, that that episode <laughs> is, is about this, too. Yeah, he, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, because all these guys are working on the same thing. They're trying to incarnate Sophia, but they can't do it. And so, so they need the A-bombs to break open the universe in order to incarnate Jesus and finally make it happen. So, yeah, I'm just going to fucking say it, all right? They have always Jesus, all right? I'm sorry. Uh, but but you like said historical Jesus. He's the ion of Jesus as a concept. So different from well, the, the, the guy years ago. It's this is a strange thing. Like how do Jason? What do you make of all these dreams that happened after his death? Like even before his death? Like I know Alan well, had one. He's, that, he's that important because because he's the guy who crucified himself at the center of the moon, as Mark Leclerc said. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the moon in the middle is all about this, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, McClure was uh, communing with uh, the spirit there, for sure. That's that's the edge of the, yeah, the sub, sublunar realm, right? Like the, uh... So in uh, Last Temptation of Christ, Bowie plays Punch's pilot, right? Mm-hmm. And he is uh, putting uh, Jesus to death, right? And then... Mm-hmm. The little angel girl who comes and welcomes Jesus off the cross, is that Pepsi in the 80s? And is he saying the last Hmm. temptation is the payoff? What are you doing? Take the, drink the Pepsi, go on the world tour. I think that's that's Lord. Lord is the temptation of Christ. Because he he said that Lord was the future of music. No, I'm talking about in that movie. Would Pepsi in the 80s be the the girl saying come down off that cross you don't have to die you can be uh mainstream you can party with tina turner i mean is is that what that is or am i just conflating something hmm. i'm not sure um because she she was like the devil in disguise right I, yeah I, I, absolutely and isn't that what bowie's message is is that the christ was already crucified that age has passed um the fear of God brings you to a place of realization that you don't have to die. That's the ecstasy. Now you can drink the Pepsi. Everything's all good. And I, am I following that correctly? That's, um, that's what the, the brethren of the free spirit was always talking about is that it's, it's, we've already, uh, the resurre- the resurrection has already happened. And so we're already back in Eden. Well, yeah, I, I would say that that's, no, I, I would say that that's not true. Um, like it, it, Jesus never came the first time. That's the thing. He was like an idea in the ions, in the pleroma. 
that was waiting to so be Bowie broken then, at the end of time. So then Bowie is the crucified artist who did give in to that last temptation, did see what it was, and rejected it, and then finally took his place up on the cross. I'm not a white star, I'm a black star. Mm, perhaps so, because yes. you don't really get you don't get credit for turning down uh, the big temptations if you haven't been offered the temptations. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And Bowie seems to be saying, uh, and Crowley, I guess, is seems to be saying, say yes to everything, and then uh, make your decisions. You don't have to say no to everything. And think that you're on any side of the equation. Actually, you're well, you're in no side of the equation. Well, that's the eleven. So you, you do you do have sex with the hermaphrodite. You do put <laughs> um, the feces in your chocolate pudding. Uh, you do uh, the three the third line academy. You know what I mean? Like he says, you do do that. You do that. You take yeah, both the options? It's Latin saying. As it's Latin saying again, he says, watch that man. Oh, honey, watch that man. He walks like a jerk, but he's only taking care of the room. So, you know, he's, he's got to walk like a jerk to take care of everything here. So he's got he's to play the beast and uh, play Christ at the same time, just to take care of both sides of the equation. But the, the idea that Christ didn't come at that point, um, yeah, I don't know. Christ if you, but if you go back that, to Dick, if you if you go back to Dick, though, it's it's like I I think his his idea of time makes uh-huh. more sense, right? It, is that it's already happened and it is happening. It's it's all happening at once. So it's it's like sure it happened, you know, it did happen, but it is happening. It happened now as well, right? That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing the Gnostics were saying that like it didn't really happen literally. It happened in the plerama. But it did happen literally as well. It's obviously happened literally because it's something huge exploded, right? Like it's it's we we measure time off of the what the, 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 the sacking right? of, like of Jerusalem or something huge happened. Was the was Rome's takeover or what? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping into this conversation. Uh, well, okay, I, I guess I guess that's up at the air for me as to whether Jesus ever came the first time because. Isn't yeah. Love Me Two Times about the second coming? Maybe so. Okay, just checking. <laughs> and Ma- Mama Told Me Not to Come is totally about the Oedipus. But, but my thing is that the more you look at Bowie, the less he seems like a real person. You know, he's just like a, an idea. That's that's what I, I've come down to. Like, you look at him and he just like falls apart into like... Well, doesn't like he take the, the, con- the concept album to like the next level with like a character? There's a persona that goes with each album. And like a lot of musicians have done that since him. But how many did that before him? I don't know. Like to that degree in that way. Like it's just that's he, he's kind of performance art in the way that he's like, now I'm this character. And here's the whole theme for, you know. Yeah, but, but like this guy had like one goal and he just did that one thing his entire life. Like that's not something a real person does. That, that's just that's something an idea does. Mm. Like he's the personification of an idea uh, that broke out from the ideal realm. And th- this is what he shows in reality. Crowley about. writes about in his autohagiography, right, is Crowley in North Africa, Crowley in Paris, Crowley in New York. Crowley in Mexico. Every time he transported to this new environment, he his first goal was to 
remain invisible, which mm. is to not let them know you're a fucking rich English British dude. Because they're not going to let you in on what's really going on. So you got to find a way to, in, in, like, it's like, imagine if you had to pass a test to be a member of the kitchen sink. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, there were, there's, there's these barriers and you had to find ways into the secret circles. And, and that's what Bowie was like. I want to know what's going on in Berlin, uh, New York, Los Angeles, uh, London. I want, I need to know all of this because what I'm looking for isn't pop music is the, 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 it's the tool. It's the, it's, it's the excretion of my magical quest. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, Crowley's mostly shitty poetry. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But see, this is what he shows on, on reality. Like, I'm, a, I'm really just a cartoon character. So that's what he's showing on yes, reality. Yes, 100%. 100%. I have an idea. I'm a model with potential of a superman. That's what he actually says to Quicksand, not mortal. He says model. That, that's his little sleight of hand there. Huh. So, again, he's an archetype. Is, like, is, it, is, that, uh, is that written in, a, in, in his lyrics? Or how, no, how it's, not, it's not written. That's just how he sings it. Okay, live. okay. He right. says, I'm a model with potential of Superman. That's a little little hint there. Mm. There's a lot of those places with Bowie where you have one thing that you're like, I swear he says this, but the lyrics say this. Is that? Yeah. 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 Just like Beat of Your Drum, where, where he, says, he clearly says Lolita, but the lyrics don't say that because. Yeah, right. yeah like the song Suffragette City, and I, I swear he's saying sucking them titties. <laughs> I got two chickens to pair alive. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to elevate this conversation. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more elevating. But you know what the thing about about Crowley's auto hagiography? You say hagiography. I don't know what it is, but it's like the the biography of a of a saint. I, I don't think there are yeah. auto hagiography. No, I can't even say it uh, for anybody else. But anyway, in there, you know, he has this timeline and these places that he went. And there's that book, Secret Agent 666. And it doesn't show it in the book. You can do it yourself, though, if you look at the dates. So when it shows him at these different places, you can check with his autohagiography. And sure enough, he has them in those places. But that's for espionage stuff. That's for like, you know, um, like him basically being involved with what was essentially a a false flag with the sinking of Lusitania, uh, which is largely what that book is about. And the guy who wrote that book didn't even know who Crowley was. That's why a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. isn't there. He's just like, who is this guy that keeps on coming up? And so he's just writing about it from a um, intelligence perspective. But yeah, but that's what's so weird is that they actually um, they uh, they don't contradict each other. Uh, that, that he went to those places, but then when it's describing the magical workings, so then you got to wonder. You're like, which is which? Is it n- neither or both? Is it are are they this like, are they the same thing? Like, what is that? You know, right. So he's the sacrificial beast. So they set him up just to be sacrificed at the end of the age here, and that that's why she says, you know, finally gone is the burden of Crowley White Bing. So right. I, like his whole like uh, beastly persona had to be sacrificed here. And that's basically what kind of Grant is, is saying, if you read between the lines here, because right. like he says, oh, Crowley's an obsessivus. And he says, well, you got to read the magical record of the B666. And so you read the magical record of the B666 and you realize this guy is just a complete fucking idiot. This guy just, he's just a moron. Like he no, could not possibly who, write the vision of the who's a, who's a moron? Crowley. Like if you read the magical record of the B666, this guy is just a complete idiot. 
And so Kenneth well, if, you read, if you read, if you read, call. Well, Guillaume was here for a second. Is he still here, Guillaume? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There he I is. <laughs> How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. I'm fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. You know, here it's uh, midnight, and I've been uh, drinking uh, <laughs> five hours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Guillaume, what do you think Serge Gainsbourg would have thought about Aleister Crowley? Oh, <laughs> no, no, man, no, I'm not able to talk about this. That's too it's much. It's a setup. Uh, man, man, the, the first question you, you asked me, no, 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 <laughs> it's not possible. Uh, no, but what, what do you think about it? Oh, what do I think? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. We're we're talking. We're talking about Lana Del Rey and David Bowie and Alistair Crowley, and yeah. uh, you know Lana Del Rey. She has this line of like about the end of the Crowleyan way of being. Is that how it goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you know, it, it's interesting because like what what is, what is that? You know, what is yeah. that way of being that she's pointing yeah. to? It's like really good. Is David speaking? David, David? Yes, sir. Oh my friend, how do you do? <laughs> I'm doing well, sir. Nice to nice to. It's, be, it's been a long time since we got <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, sorry. Uh, go on, go on. Yeah. Jason, well, I mean, Jason, yeah. how about that lyric? Is that? Uh, well, yeah. Like she, she, she said crowded. Sometimes that lyric is is uh, transcripted as crowded way of being, and then yeah, sometimes but the, crowded. The which Spotify, it says Crowley, and that's clearly what she says. And okay, that's yeah, cause, that's because she something. said. Yeah, so that that song comes out right after David Bowie dies, where she says oh. that you know the great beast has finally been sacrificed. Oh. oh. So Bowie had to like act as the great beast and you know pretend to be in just Lima like subliminally to figuratively sacrifice the great beast here. Oh, so you think he was conspiring against the conspirators, so to speak? Right, like Kenneth Grant is in on this because Kenneth Grant is always saying, "Well, you gotta like look at this uh, thing with Crowley," and so you look at it and you realize that Crowley's just a huge idiot and he's just like a tool of a larger, uh, you know, quote unquote. Conspiracy. That's like that's like pointing out to people that you know, like um, it's like Marilyn Manson or a Kiss. You know, you can say, "Oh, that's schlock. That's plastic. That's you know, incomplete." And most people can say, "Yeah, I agree from afar." But you spend time with it, and not so much. Uh, you can look at it through a different lens. Part of the um, uh, thing that charges it is its schlock, is its plastic. It knows what it is. Uh, then it knows itself better than you know itself. And then all of a sudden it gets deeper and bigger. So I don't know. I, this Kenneth Grant thing, I just, after 25 years, I, I'm being forced to now reconsider Kenneth Grant. And I've got like nothing and nowhere to go on with it. And I, I don't feel like this is convincing me so far. So, but I'm still open to it. Okay, well, okay. But what, what's not convincing? Because Kenneth Grant is constantly saying that Crowley got everything wrong about Talima. Like, there's a double current, and it had nothing to do with uh, what. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll try to find a say what your objections. So are he's like he Kenneth Grant is the planes that fly into the two towers. <laughs> As the double wanted one, you mean? No, and Kenneth Grant is the planes that fly into the two towers, is what you're saying. 
Um, maybe figuratively. Like, how do you take that? <laughs> I mean, what, well, what do you Crow mean by that? Crowley, Crowley is a uh, pop manifestation of the occult. The Twin Towers, you have the real thing and you have the Crowley thing, right? And then Kenneth Grant comes around and says, they're both all, I'm going to oh, take them both I down. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Huh. Well, well, well no, I, I mean, you say that there's something deeper going on with Crowley that isn't apparent. Uh, like, he's just a tool of a larger uh, magical working involving I Babylon. I need to I need to point something out to you, Bill, because in the last two conversations that we've had around this, like part of part of my difficulty was that I was like, wait, are we saying that that Kenneth Grant is the fucking grand authority wizard right now? Or are we saying that people read Kenneth Grant and they produced art and the the ideas of Kenneth Grant seem to be implicit in the art? So whether or not that doesn't necessarily speak to the authority of Grant as much as it does that it needs to be acknowledged probably that he is more influential on certain artists than we might realize. And I, I think that there might be something to to it seems like there's something to that when you when you follow the thread. Mm -hmm. So I've been reading nice. I, uh, nice. a, a nice. lot of emails that came from Jason, a lot of emails and uh, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot to get through. But yeah, yeah. yeah because, I mean, Grant says that uh, Crowley was wrong about everything, and that Prater Akkad was the real um, guy to follow here. Which is strange because he's like the official successor to to Crowley. But uh, I, I don't know. There's a there's a quote oddly defined here. So continue talking. I'll try to find the quote. What were you saying, Gil? Yeah, I was saying. Can I say something? Can yeah, I talk? You? Yes, sir. Is it Big Klaus? Yes, yes. Oh man, how do you do? <laughs> how, how do you do, fellow Guillaume? Uh, I'm fucking great right now. Oh yeah, we got two Williams, I just realized. Uh, Guillaume, I, right, I, I'm guys, loving I'm your... I'm so uh... happy to hear you, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disturb the, <laughs> the fucking talk. <laughs> but just know that uh, I'm so happy, you know, it's been, I don't know how many years, you know, but... It's, it's just amazing to hear you guys. Uh, Guillaume, I'm loving your pictures of bread. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm, do, I'm doing them for for you guys. <laughs> I wish you could send. I wish you could send some here. I, don't, I can't get good bread. Soon uh, with uh, AI, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's, 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 the, here's a good direct quote. Um, the plain fact is that no word has been proclaimed, and no priest worthy of the name has appeared to legitimize the bombastic claims made for and on behalf of the so-called prophet. So this is what he's talking about, Crowley here—that he's a so-called prophet who didn't declare the word of the ion. And, and then he says that. But, but didn't Crowley kind of say that too in a weird way? In the the laws for all, he kind of like makes this whole point of like his role as the messenger. Like he, it's kind of an out because he's just like, look, I don't have to be the example because the example will come. It's kind of like it's it's not me. One will one will come that'll baptize you by fire. It's not me or whatever. Did he? Um, I, I thought it was pretty um, clear on saying that he was like the final authority on Thelema. He is in terms of that he gets to uh, give the commentary, but when it comes to like his actual like ultimate role in the thing, it's like he has this specific task, and that's to basically be be the uh, the conduit messenger for the thing. But the thing this, is in the future. This is what um uh, this is what Grant writes in 
the hidden god about Iwas. He says, Iwas is the link, the corridor through which the impulse was transmitted from the source of extraterrestrial consciousness. That is, Iwas was a messenger from the forces ruling the earth at present. The location oh. of that source and the nature of these forces or gods are mysteries concealed in Al. Rather than originating with Crowley, this impulse included and comprehended, comprehended him in its sweep. Iwas is both in a subjective and an individualized concept and an objective and cosmic entity. That explains how Iwas is simultaneously a part of Crowley's subliminal consciousness and an independent entity identified with cosmic energy. 